Jeez, we just did a story. So when was that? Yesterday, day before, we were talking about the number of people who um, uh, politics, you know, is having a real effect on their life. They're losing friends. They're losing sleep. Uh, it makes them depressed. And 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 we kind of mocked it, or I mocked those people, uh, as I think that's kind of silly. If you're letting politics bother you that much, there's there's something wrong with you. On the other hand, we just did this story, and is this politics or not? Because it really bothers me. We just did this story of a school. It doesn't matter where, but they've they've gotten rid of all Halloween activities at the school from now on. For all your grade schoolers, no more wearing costumes to the school, no more uh, Halloween party, candy, any of the stuff that they used to do. They've eliminated it from the school. We don't have a why. They just have eliminated it from the school. And that sort of stuff drives me freaking crazy. I mean, like, it gets my heart rate up, my blood pressure up. It makes me, like, I have to calm down from those stories. Ah. So is that politics? I guess it is. What are we doing to ourselves as a society? Where well, we're taking away all the fun from children because of lawyers or or we're afraid somebody's going to... Be offended. Be offended. Or, or right. just all this crap. It's It's insane. Yeah. Well, as interesting as what are we doing to ourselves is uh, who is doing it. Who are who are the engines behind this? Frequently, it's the outer 3%, the truly wackadoo 3%, but they're so vicious that they cow, they they bully, you know, the rest of us into following their idiotic lead. So we are going to teach grade school kids transgender pronouns, but we aren't going to let them dress up for Halloween. That's where we are currently. Right. Freaking fantastic. Or or any uh you know, any mention of it, any celebration, any treats, any anything. There uh, are as you said, there are no stupider people than administrators in high school. Not all of them. Because I know some right now that I like. I think that's but way too narrow. But there are a narrow. lot of really stupid ones. And I mean, I knew this when I was a kid, and I really know it as an adult. Administrators in school that are just freaking morons. I don't know if they're drawn to that line of work, or it makes them morons, or how it works. But some of the dumbest people ever are administrators in school. Your vice principal at your school is probably the dumbest person you've ever met. I think that's way too narrow. (laughs) Elementary school and college, every bit as diseased. And, and, well, and, you know, I, I get your point completely, but they're deluded. Their ideology has blinded them to the way human beings really are, how human beings learn, how human beings find happiness. They are so up their own heinies with their own theories and their own political beliefs that they've completely lost sight of humanity. And then you throw I've got the... a story about a college, uh, the University of Washington here that shocks the conscience of some uh, professor who dared say, you know, I see a problem with that argument y'all have. And they sought to ruin him, ruin him for daring to stand up against the, the orthodoxy. So you take that, what you just described with uh, a lot of people in education, their weird freaking theories and wanting to, to, to remake things that have been fine for thousands of years and all this sort of stuff. Right. But then you throw on top of that the liability thing, which is real, because I've had people explain to me, yeah, I think it's dumb the kids can't do that on the playground either, but we can't have insurance if we let them do that. Right. So some of that stuff, I don't know what they're supposed to do, but it's a crazy society that that, that operates that way. We can't let them run on the grass if it rained the day before because if somebody slips, blah, blah, blah. Our liability policy states that we must tell the children, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't know. That stuff drives me crazy. I mean, like, I need uh, a therapy 
to deal with the world as it is yeah. on that sort of stuff. Oh, my God. Well, and it's, it's especially angering because you see what we are producing. You see the results of it. And they're awful. It's not merely annoying. It's that we, we're producing, you know, crops of close-minded, fragile little kids who believe that nobody's allowed to, uh, disagree with them. They've never invented a game, invented their own rules, then yelled at each other and figured out how to uh, settle their arguments and disputes. I was having a talk with an old friend of mine yesterday, a couple of days ago, about that. How we'd invent new forms of baseball entirely based on how much room we had available, how live the ball was, how many guys we had. So we'd invent the rules on the fly, then yell at each other and negotiate solutions when there was a... Uh, a decision to be made, and it's one of the most incredible life skills that a person can develop, and we're just systematically denying that to our kids, and I think it's just awful. We got this. Everybody's got to be in a regimented league, in a uniform, under the every-minute supervision of parents. Freedom equals danger, Jack, and danger equals liability, so get in line, kids, and straighten up your uniform. We got... We got a number of texts. At my elementary school, we had so many strict Christian families from Russia and Armenia that we had to cancel Halloween because the kids would not come to school. We lost too much attendance every year. Okay, that's the reason that, that I believe. School. It's um, a good example of a culture changing through uh, uh, high levels of immigration. My kids' uh, school canceled many events because one kid was Jehovah Witness. I always ask the teacher, what about the other 400 kids? It's a small charter school, but they canceled all this stuff because there was one family that I would like to know if the family was upset or if they were just worried they'd be upset. Right. That also, that goes to the the rigid uh, generation who believes that nobody should ever disagree with them, and they fly into a rage if you do. The idea that if I had a particular set of beliefs, I understand there's not that many people around who have them. I would. I can't imagine thinking everyone should bend to my will. That's, that's I, I, a no, I bizarre can't. notion. I, I would never cross my mind. Right. Um. This text. If they changed the name from Halloween to "Dresses Your Sexual Role Play Day," then Halloween wouldn't be canceled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, true that. Right. Yeah. In Cal Unicornio, where they almost got past this curriculum that would teach you that all white people are bad. And capitalism is a tool of white supremacy and, and, and all the crazy ass sexual stuff as well and sexual orientation stuff came within an eyelash of passing. Yeah. Uh, I love Halloween and hate the current school attitudes. I'm a teacher. However, I know that uh, administrators could potentially spend up to a week putting out fires and problems related to one day of Halloween. It's a tragedy because of lawyers and parents that think their children can do no wrong. I hate it. I wish uh, a text back. Expound on that. What what problems uh, are you talking about? What fires would you be putting out for a week because of the for kids dressing up for a day? I'd like to know what that is. Probably uh, start with religious fundamentalists. Go on to immigrants, as we d- discussed. Um, then little Johnny gets in trouble for wearing a particular costume. His parents think that that's unfair. Um, you got the little boys in dresses or whatever, and then the activists come out, and you know I can think of a dozen things. Got this text? Just, just everybody stay in line, do what you're supposed to do, stare at the ground like they did in the Soviet Union. We'll all get through this. Don't let your kids go to public school, you morons. That's one texter. Uh, this one a decade ago, the principal at my kids' elementary school did the same thing. Several of those parents sent our kids to school dressed up. F them. <laughs> nice. 
What, are you going to send my kid home because they're dressed as Harry Potter? You're not allowed to be dressed as Harry Potter at school? Um, I just, you know, it's funny. It's all coming together in my head when we were talking about the success thing and the number. I was just uh, quietly contemplating the fact that, you know, I'm, I, I have this tendency and I've noticed it in my kids too, and it's kind of outsized in my kids and we're working together on it. The idea that, you know, if we get 98 questions right, we agonize over the two we get wrong. Or, um, you know, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll record an album and all we can hear is the stuff that we wish was different. It's just, it's a, it's too much of a focus on the negative. Um, and, and I'm reminded of the Magic School Bus, which is a great series, a TV series for kids and books and the rest of it. Yeah, we read those. Yeah, they're fabulous. And, and one of the uh, teacher, uh, one of her, her, her big slogan is, uh, what is it? Um, Try things, make mistakes, get dirty. Um, and, and I love that spirit, and I think that's a good spirit. And I'm trying to do that more in my own life. Um, but it strikes me that we're, we're building a country where, where we're afraid to try things, we, we dread making mistakes, and nobody can get dirty. And it's just it's not good. It's not healthy. Free-range kids, man, and, and just reject that whole rigid ideological bureaucracy thing one more text on this the you know it's amazing to me those who you know uh, to be a lefty is to be a rebel and and you know a freak and the rest of it you people demand as much rigid rigid uh conformity as the religious right ever did well that's what bill maher's been talking about yeah uh the people telling me how to run my life when i was a kid where there was a religious right now it's the left mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting yep. but um this is the final text I'll read on this unless there are there other good ones and i'll read that i uh, i uh, in other words your word means nothing i'm i'm free to change my mind on these things um uh the most maddening one ever canceled at my school was the daddy daughter dance and we've heard those stories before oh, because of what about the kids who don't have a dad or uh, how it leaves out boys or whatever gender this or that uh, that's yeah. just it uh, honestly i don't even have a daughter but it makes my heart hurt to think of things like that going away just it's just it's painful right you can't have joy if anybody else doesn't also have it. and i could possibly take the argument if we're doing away with daddy daughter dance and halloween and all that sort of stuff if we're focusing more on the stem courses but we're not. No, no. <laughs> so we're not even spending more time. Far on, from it. We're not even spending more time on reading, writing, and re- arithmetic. So you're eliminating the all of it. Right. We're busy trying to convince five-year-old little boys that they might be little girls, and they should think about it a lot. And likewise with you little girls. Do you, do you wish you had a penis? Well, we can get you one. It's just, I don't know. It's a sick society. We can get you one. Yeah, I got. I got to move on, or I'll just I'll be unhappy the rest of the day. Who is that. Kurt Volker? Mm. He's a little-known uh, diplomat who was the U.S. special envoy to Ukraine until last week when that whistleblower complaint came out. Well, Shifty Schiff and company are going to have him on Capitol Hill testifying in secret today. Uh, why? What does it mean? And the whole Adam Schiff knew about the whistleblower complaint before it even went to the Inspector General. That's a headline from the liberal New York Times. We'll consider that as well. All coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
California woman just won the world pumpkin pie eating contest after she ate 50 slices in 10 minutes. Whoa. As most Americans call that Thanksgiving. <laughs> 50 slices of pumpkin pie. I don't care how much time you do it in. That's a lot of pumpkin pie. I'd eat a piece of pumpkin pie right now if you, you know, put it in front of me. get started right now. Yeah, no kidding. Man. Yeah. There are a couple... I'm not eating a lot of stuff like that these days. I mean, I'm really staying away from the carbs and the sugar. I'm a little worried the about the... Uh, my wife uh, said last night, she said, oh, that's right, we're into eating season, aren't we? And I thought, how am I going to navigate eating season? <laughs> there's there's a lot I can pass up and be like, yeah, I'd like that, but I'm, yeah, I, I'm okay with it. Maybe I'll have a little bite of stuffing because I like it so much, but I'll go super easy on it, the rest of it. I am passing up pumpkin pie... When I'm dead. Thank you very much. <laughs> and if I'm living a pieless life, I'd rather be dead. <laughs> what's, the, what's the point of the... Oh, wh- wh- why? Why? Why tread this earth? You're an in-pie, involuntarily pieless. <laughs> why even go around right? the sun Right. every 365 days if you're not going to enjoy a little pie? Exactly. Oh, man, I can't wait. Honey, make a pie right now. I'll be home in the <laughs> Let's see. Uh, where were we? Ah, yes. Yeah. So uh, a guy by the name of Paul, uh, Kurt Volker, rather. Paul Volker is a totally different guy. Kurt Volker, he's kind of a, a low-level diplomat. He's known inside diplomatic uh, circles. He was the special U.S. envoy to Ukraine until last week when the whole whistleblower. I don't believe in silent letters. So I say whistleblower. <laughs> you don't uh, want to be pronounced? Get out of my word. Right. <laughs> I don't Time believe to reform the language. In silent letters. Right. But evidently, he's finey with me. (laughs) All right. First of all, S just says S. If you want Z, use a Z. The C is useless. Out. If I need S, I'll use an S. If I need K, I'll use a K. Right. Goodbye, C. Absolutely. A, B, D, E, F. (laughs) You'll get used to it. Why can't we all agree on that as a nation today? Right. C has got to go. It's useless. Right. There's no need for an E at the end of words. If it's uh, F-I-N, that's fine. If it's F-I-N-N, that's fin. I'd be fine. Would that, that work? My name, or Jack. maybe F I I N would be fine. J A C K, a C and a K to make the K sound. When the K makes the K sound, that's because both the C and the K are lazy. It's two letters doing one letter's work. Mm. Communist letters, right? Exactly. It's like socialism. You got five thousand guys to build one tank. It takes like fifty. It's garbage. It's what brought down the Soviet Union. It's bringing down our language. Where was I? I don't uh, know. Ah, the whistleblower. <laughs> right. <laughs> So Volker, this uh, Volker guy, is the special envoy to Ukraine. It, 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 according to other diplomats, it, uh, diplomats, his job was to help the new leadership in Ukraine deal with the United States, sort out their government because you know they keep trying to form up a new government and get rid of corruption. Um, oh, which reminds me, I heard a great gal. Uh, she's an author who's uh, her her thing is rooting out corruption. And she's going big on the Biden thing and the Hunter Biden thing. And she was on Nakedly Progressive Radio this morning. And she was explaining why you should care about the fact that Hunter Biden, who has no expertise whatsoever in Ukraine or gas, was on the board of a Ukrainian gas company. It's obvious why he was. It's to curry political favor. 
And she said, that's that's the real corruption that's everywhere, and we need to root it out. And it was funny, because the, the anchor on, on NPR just kept going back. But, but isn't there a danger, though, that people will pay attention to that instead of the the impeachment of... And she would answer that. But given that people... They need a simple story. Aren't we just clouding the water? And he just could not accept that people could deal with both. And I thought, that's interesting. The brainy, brainy NPR trust their listeners a hell of a lot less than we do. Maybe they're the smart ones. I don't know. But so anyway, what the Democrats, what Shifty Schiff and company are hoping to get out of this Volcker character is that, um, yeah, Ukraine did think they had to go after Biden to get aid from the U.S. And whether that guy says that today or not, we'll see. But that's what Schiff is really hot to hear. Mm. Uh, that it was clearly a quid pro quo. We're going beyond the transcript, because the transcript is just kind of vague. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Adam Schiff under fire for dealings with the Trump whistleblower. Boy, i got to tell you, this next Democratic debate's going to be one for the record books. And recalls expanding for one of America's most popular heartburn drugs. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show, so stay tuned. Two things. One, blunder is a good word. I just heard it on the cable news, and I like the word blunder. Might work that into my life more often. Um, two, Carl Rove thinks that uh, Democrats will uh, do a couple of weeks of hearings when they come back after the recess and will probably have the full House vote by the end of the year. I don't know if he has any idea what he's talking about, but that's his theory. So that'd be pretty jazzy if right before the first of the year they do the full House vote for impeachment weeks before the first caucuses in Iowa with that as the backdrop. Wow. That's a lot of politics going on at once. Yikes. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the New York Times reporting the Democratic head of the House Intelligence Committee, Representative Adam Schiff, learned about the outlines of a CIA officer's concerns that President Trump had supposedly abused his power days before the officer filed that whistleblower complaint. Fox News reporting this early contact is something that Schiff has repeatedly denied. The Director of National Intelligence has made the unprecedented decision not to share the complaint with Congress. And I want to thank the Inspector General in the absence of his actions and coming to our committee. We might not have even known there was a whistleblower complaint. Now, during yesterday's Q&A with Trump, one reporter asked about the Times story. So the whistleblower, according to this report, met with a member of, of uh, Adam Schiff's staff. You got it right there. You know it. I hate to say it's the New York Times. I can't believe they wrote it. Your, your response to the Maybe fact Maybe they're getting that, better. Your response to the fact that that happened and that Schiff may have learned some of what the whistleblower knew prior to the complaint. Well, I think it's a scandal that he knew before. Trump not holding back in his opinions of Adam Schiff. I saw Schiff trying to go 15, you know, call him Shifty Schiff. We don't call him Shifty Schiff for nothing. He's a shifty, dishonest guy. He should be forced to resign from Congress. Adam Schiff. He's a lowlife. Would this be a big story if Schiff hadn't uh, misled people when he was asked about it? I don't know. Hey, Marshall, can you go back to the first quote from Schiff about uh, if not for the IG? Sure. Here we go. The Director of National Intelligence has made the unprecedented decision not to share the complaint with Congress. And I want to thank the Inspector General in the absence of his actions and coming to our committee. We might not have even known there was a whistleblower complaint. 
That is extraordinary. That is categorically false in one instance and incredibly misleading in the other. Number one, uh, Schiff and his people and his aides knew all about the whistleblower complaint. The, um, the whistleblower and his uh, people went to Schiff and his people before any of this came out, and they were well acquainted with the rough outlines of what was in it. So that's just a lie, and people don't generally lie outright for no reason. Right. That, that's 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 my angle on this story. Because when I originally heard he knew ahead of time, I thought, is that a big deal? Why, why is that a big deal? But him going around and denying that he knew ahead of time, he must think it's a big deal. Right. And the second thing is him saying that the director of national intelligence, in an unprecedented whatever the heck he said, right. uh, refusing to bring the letter forward. The director of national intelligence, that was McGuire. Remember him? He testified just a a few days ago Mm -hmm. in which he stated categorically, and this is a guy whose reputation is as shiny as a new dime, according to everybody, said the lawyers are just working their way through questions of executive privilege and other technicalities. We're doing what the law requires, the law that Congress passed. We're working through it. I have not denied that letter to anybody. It takes a little while. But Adam Schiff is still out there claiming that McGuire is some sort of evil, you know, hunched over, squinting lackey of Trump who's doing his best to subvert justice and the rest of it. I got to ask you, why is Schiff behaving this way? If he's got the goods, if that the, the, the rough transcript is so damning, as Nancy Pelosi says, it's made her sad for the country and she's prayerful. If that's the case, why is Schiff lying like a rug? Now, look, I get it. Trump says all sorts of stuff, and some of it's factual. Uh, but why is Adam Schiff behaving like this? There's pretty good reason. So Trump. He's a shifty, dishonest guy. That's it. Trump claimed yesterday that Schiff wrote the thing. Schiff says he didn't. But if anybody ever nails that down, if there's any... uh, Because that wouldn't surprise me at all. I don't know if Schiff himself wrote it, but people in his office. Right. The lawyers attached to Schiff wrote the thing. That that wouldn't shock me at all. If Schiff's chief of staff's attorney got with the whistleblower's attorney... And made sure it was structured in a way that would accomplish the mission. Lynn Adam Schiff could stand there, even if he had the slightest regard for the truth, with his hand on the Bible and say, I did not help write this. Sure. Please. It's like the whole James Comey, the friggin' liar, with his, uh, I didn't leak anything. No, you gave it to your buddy and told him to leak it. Maybe we'll get to this. people are so clever. How can we stupid voters ever see through it? Maybe we'll get to this later, but I read an interesting article yesterday about are we just going to start impeaching every president now, which which I asked the other day. And it went through uh, example after example of so many presidents we've had in history of if you'd had today's political climate, you could have launched an impeachment then. Using the examples of... uh, you know, Bush and the Iranian tubes and the lying your way to Iraq, we could have Im- tried to impeach over that. Or Obama in Benghazi. Or um, well, Clinton did get impeached. Iran-Contra could have turned into an impeachment. Um, uh, Reagan starting to slip mentally could have turned into an impeachment. We All these things in our current political climate, certainly FDR Lend-Lease program, which was clearly uh, duplicitous, right. could have been an impeachment. But right. It was a different political time where we didn't do that. At the very least, you could have gotten, say a third to a half of the caucus of one party to be shouting about it. Right. 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 All At the kinds, very least. All kinds of LBJ stuff right. and, uh, right. and, the, and the Vietnam War. 
Sounds exciting. When do we start? Or JFK and his affairs. I mean, there's just there, there's an example for almost every president that if you use today's standards, right. people could be screaming and yelling for an impeachment. And I'm telling you. When do tr- we start? <laughs> <laughs> On Nakedly Progressive Radio, they were stating, stating. The president is uh, undergoing an impeachment inquiry because of his demands that Ukraine dig up dirt on his political rivals. They're stating that unequivocally, as opposed to Trump is obsessed with the the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden thing, and he kept pushing him to look into it. You know, you can't. Well, by the standards of all of history, you don't impeach a president because he kind of hinted that that Joe Biden ought to be investigated. And it seemed sort of like maybe aid would be tied up by that. Right. You just know. No, it's not enough. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. What what didn't we get to, Marshall, with our rambling on? What was your last story you were going to do? My last story was going to be about uh, Zantac. Yeah, I want to hear that. Right. I use the Zantac regularly because oh. I eat like a hog, and I eat stuff you're not supposed to eat. <laughs> Whole the, apples and all that? I'm an old fat guy who eats greasy food. Tell me about the Zantac. The anti-heartburn medicine will no longer be sold at Walmart, CVS, or Walgreens. This coming after the FDA found trace levels of a cancer-causing contaminant in some of the drugs. Mm. It's called ranitidine. CVS, right. largest pharmacy Too chain. Much. Yeah, so, I take your word um, for it. Yeah, here's the story. But they took it off the shelves. Yeah, I'm, huh. I'm hip oh, to yeah. this because my blood pressure medication keeps getting recalled. A lot of pharmaceutical companies and drug makers, you know, over the counter stuff. It's all made in China. All the pills are put together in China, and they just don't live up to American standards, even if the contract says they're supposed but to. But I need my Chinese asshole. Right. right. China is a hole. They pulled my Zantac off the shelf. Am I going to have to go down in the corner and say, hey, buddy, you got some Zantac? Yeah. Or just stock up on it and roll the dice with the big C. Check out the dark web. I hear you can get all sorts of stuff on there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Why are you on the dark web? What do you need? You need a bazooka? Yeah, yeah. You need some heroin? I need some Zantac. I just ate a full Papa John's pizza. <laughs> What's that stuff that uh, Michael Jackson took, the propofol? I need some of that. I washed down a large Papa John's pizza with some coffee, and now I really need a Zantac. We can help you out. It'll cost you three and a half Bitcoin. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sean has dug up a number of examples of uh, schools across the country canceling Halloween and why they're doing it. Maybe we'll get back into that a little later. Makes my heart hurt, or maybe it's uh, the greasy food I eat and you can't get Zantac anymore. Maybe you but... need a stent like Bernie. <sighs> Perhaps. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'll follow up on that on the way. So uh, a couple of things for you here. I mentioned this a while back. The uh, According to a number of foreign policy experts, the Middle East is more volatile and ready to burst into flame than it's ever been, which is a hell of a statement. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I remember as a kid, my dad, uh, I asked him about a headline. It might have been the cover of Time magazine or something. and uh, Probably Yasser Arafat. Yeah, it could have been, honestly. Yeah. 
And he said, uh, he said, yeah, unrest in the Middle East. Get used to it, son. <laughs> Something like that. Um, and it's uh, this piece in the Wall Street. Oh, I'm sorry. It's actually in Foreign Affairs, isn't it? The one that I'm reading. I think uh, Wall Street Journal may have reported on that report. I don't know. Um, but they're talking about how the Middle East has become the most polarized region in the world. And paradoxically, it's most integrated. Everybody hates each other and everybody's living on top of each other. And they mentioned that, along with weak state structures, powerful non-state actors, it's your militias and your terrorist groups. And multiple transitions occurring almost simultaneously make the Middle East the world's most volatile region. On the other hand, and I thought this was interesting, the war that now looms is a war nobody apparently wants. During his presidential campaign, Donald Trump railed against the United States entanglement in Middle Eastern wars. And since assuming office, he has not changed his tune. You know, I, I must point out that this this crazy man, this lunatic, is going to get us into a nuclear holocaust. So it turned out the opposite's been true so far. So far. But anyway, uh, Iran has no interest in a wide-ranging conflict that it knows it could not win. Keep in mind as you hear old weird beard blustering about uh, you know the, the, the blood in the streets and the ultimate war and blah, blah, blah. It's it's like our politics. Everything they say is for domestic consumption before it's for international consumption. They're just trying to keep their people pacified. Anyway, so it, Iran has no interest. They know they can't win. Israel is satisfied with calibrated operations in Iraq, Lebanon, Syria, and Gaza. Fears a larger confrontation that could expose it to thousands of rockets. Doesn't have any interest in that, really. They'll just keep policing those places. Saudi Arabia is determined to push back against Iran, but without confronting it militarily. So it's interesting. They're, they're making both points at once. Nobody wants this. Nobody wants it at all, but it could happen any second. So yeah, I don't know what to think. The Wall Street Journal, Journal article is about Iran has opened a second front along Israel's border, and people aren't paying a lot of attention. For some reason, Israel is, but the world's not paying a lot of attention. Um, that uh, Iran has gotten into Syria, where they've been for quite some time, and set up camp and have been quietly moving toward the border of Syria and Israel and are really armed up right there on the border of Israel. Hmm. Sort of thing that would have been a giant headline in decades past, that Iran has got, you know, armaments right on the border of Israel. Wow. That's a big uh, headline now. Just nobody's paying attention because of the stupid impeachment thing. Yeah. You know the Republicans, to their their political credit, anyway, are pointing. Uh, they're starting to go heavy with the do nothing Democrat narrative, not doing anything about uh, health care, not doing anything about prescription drug prices, or just back to trying to persecute Trump. But anyway, yeah. So that's a huge, huge story. Uh, uh, but you know, there are a lot of crazy people in Iran. In a few that are so ideological that they're the equivalent of being stupid. Um, maybe your Republican guard decides to do something because they hate Israel. But uh, Weirdbeard and the mullahs know that if they really go after Israel, then what they fear is going to happen. The big war, the big attacks, the big ugly. Well, I hope it doesn't happen. I have enough problems. Um, hey, you know what I have coming up, Jack? Hmm. Never mind uh, the Middle East. It's screwed up, always will be. Got a lot of sand there. Hard to imagine you'd want to live there. Psychiatrist studied 400 movies to find the most realistic psychopaths. And who do they like? Well, that's coming up now. 
Wow. They actually I, spent I like that I didn't have to wait very long. Years. Yeah. Well, really this, plays into the modern kind of yeah. speed of things. Yeah. It's the go-go 21st yeah. century, Sean. Right. <laughs> we'll be back with that in three minutes. People are like, I'm out! <laughs> I'm going to play Candy Crush. I'm going to text. I'm going to tweet. I'm going to go down. I'm going to flip through my Facebook feed. I'm going to watch a YouTube video. And what old Joe said was going to be entertaining three minutes ago. Forget it. It's like 1977. Nobody remembers. <laughs> so we're doing it now. <laughs> So you got this Belgian psychiatry professor, he and his movie fan buddies, who are fellow eggheads. Movie tradesmen. He he called on 10 of his friends to help him watch 400 movies they selected over the course of 10 years. And they went back from 1915 to when they started this 2010, they found 126 psychopathic characters. Here's the breakdown of their, their findings. Number one, Forrest Gump. A Forrest Gump was clearly a psychopath, <laughs> but a fine distance runner. Uh, Javier Bardem's character in No Country for Old Men was the most realistic psychopath. As a, the, maybe the scariest person in uh, in movies to me. Yeah, oh. partly because it was so understated. Um, the 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 big doctor said is a classic psychopath. He approaches murder with an uncanny sense of normalcy. Perfectly happy to employ his trademark bolt pistol without so much as a wince. He seems to be effectively invulnerable and resistant to any form of emotion or humanity, the researchers mm. wrote. Yeah, troubling. Uh, they also mentioned a couple old-timey characters uh, who were honorable mentions. Hans Beckert in M, who was a child murderer. I have not seen that. And Henry Lee Lucas in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I've seen that. In 1986. Yeah. I have not. Oh, ugh. Right, yeah. Uh, M came out in 1931, the fabulous Peter Lorre, one of my all-time favorite movie stars. Um, I'll have to watch that. Then they go into how many uh, terrible attempts there were, like in the 40s, I assume caricatures. I assume this is out now because the Joker movie comes out this weekend. I don't think so. Um, slasher films, ridiculous. Nothing like, I mean, just, well, they're ridiculous. Female psychopaths is rare in film as in the real world. Vast majority of psychopaths are men. They mention uh uh what's her name? Uh the stone woman. Um uh, did, 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 what was it in the in uh Sharon no. Stone? Sharon Stone, that's it. Showed her hoo hoo. Oh, from the basic instinct. <laughs> yeah, basic instinct. Yeah. Showed her hoo-hoo. It's one of the It's how you knew she was few. a psychopath. She wasn't wearing underwear. One of the few. Some Only of... a psychopath would not wear underwear. Oh, please. I said, are you kidding? There are all sorts of... Who's calling me right now? It must be somebody who doesn't know me. Um, some of the most famous psychopaths did not make the cut. Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. That's a good one. Well, yeah, but that's a comedy. People don't get that. Yeah, and that's it's way a over really the top. Horrendous comedy, but Gordon Gecko, Norman Bates in Psycho, all entertaining and frightening, but the team said their character traits didn't quite fit the psychopathic mold. I'm a little surprised by that in Norman Bates because I always thought that was a pretty good character, um, but he had. Uh, more of a uh, uh, a sexual compulsion disorder than true psychopathy, I guess. Huh. I was very disappointed. Hannibal Lecter, Silence of the Lambs, entertaining and frightening, but more an, uh, what they called the uh, the archetype of popular fiction, uh, the universal boogeyman, a villain archetype, um, but not a really good, solid psycho. So, again, you want a psychopath? Javier Bardem? 
Peter Laurie and M. I or, don't uh, want a psychopath. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I don't really j- enjoy those kind of movies. I, I do just because I find it interesting, I guess. As a, you know, I've studied the dark side. I'm anti-dark side. I want light side. If I'd walked a different path in life, uh, could... La La def- Land's my kind of movie. A lot of singing. Bohemian Rhapsody. Exactly. <laughs> that one was too heavy for me because someone gets sick. Yeah. Well, uh, I could have walked the path of criminal justice trying to figure out why people do bad stuff and then put them in the stripey hole when they do it. Well, the, you, you the, should check out the show Mindhunter on Netflix. Mindhunter? Mindhunter. Oh. It's about the, the, the development of the FBI's wing of profiling serial killers. Sounds fabulous. Is it uh, It's fictional uh, and yet no, strives to be accurate? Or b- b- based on true people and, and the, the actual origin of that department of the FBI. Right, okay. Yeah, I'm actually going to jot that down. How about Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Did that guy make the, the list? No, it's... It's not a good uh, depiction of psychopathy, but it's an excellent uh, depiction of chainsaws. <laughs> and home repair. Got to oil the chain. I'll be interested in where the uh, Joker fits into there once the movie comes out, because it's supposed to be uh, it's supposed to be good. The the walking with uh, Johnny Cash with uh, with a razor blade, I guess, is what this movie is. More or less, <laughs> yeah, yeah, more or less. Is that what it is? Kind of a rewrite of the Johnny Cash movie. <laughs> Very similar. Armstrong and Getty.